Good day, podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing tremendous, and I'm sending you all of my prayers, well wishes, and good vibes to you, your family, and friends, wishing you all the best. We have an, an exceptional episode of the show for you today. We have Robbie Bent on, and we're talking about next generation mental health, conquering fear and addiction through breathwork. We talk about his struggle with addiction, the quest for feeling better, uh, you know, experiencing failure as an entrepreneur, and how to be successful if you are going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to go out on your own, uh, starting a small business with meeting, how do you be whole in the process, uh, how to make mental health cool, the work of psychedelics and how you can use them and use them responsibly if you're going to go down that road. The amazing work of Wim Hof, creating space from your thoughts, the amazing app that he's created, and so much more. So this is a phenomenal episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. We cover a lot of very important topics here as far as mental health, healing, optimization, and entrepreneurship. Um, If you enjoy the show, please go to mattbelair.com, become a member. You can do so for free or by donation if you want to support the show. Uh, That would be awesome. We're going to back up all the episodes. You also get exclusive content content and offers for past guests. Um, if you want to work with me one-on-one, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. We can check out the Soul Compass, the Atomic Alchemy. We can work one-on-one together, um, but there's a variety of tools, programs, and experiences if you'd like to work with me one-on-one with you know whatever you're dealing with and creating your life purpose, overcoming some obstacles you have. would love to hear from you and support you in any way I can. Uh, the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And if you wanted to take a moment to leave a review on the podcast, and share around that is incredibly helpful because the censorship goes up and down. Um, but with your help, we are still getting the word out there and helping a lot of people. So thank you so much for being here and let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, faith, and get ready to enjoy this incredible episode with Robbie Bent. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share episodes far and wide. Leave a review on iTunes. Go to mattbelair.com. Become a member because Patreon is also deleted. So you can do it for free or by donation. Uh, But the best thing to to do to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is building the first ice bath and sauna classes in North America focused on emotional wellness paired with a breathwork mobile app. He built his business, Othership, to create connection and his response to struggling with addiction. Welcome to the show, Robbie Bent. Thanks, Matt. Super grateful and uh, happy to be here, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this show. We're going to dive uh, uh, into a lot of different topics. You know, you came highly recommended from our mutual friend, Mark Champagne, who's been on the show, uh, you know, a, a few times, and he's really an expert in the mental health space as well. And uh, it just sounds like you have a really empowering story, and it and it sounds like Othership is a really interesting experience that you have in a physical location where people can go show up. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit about um, your background, your journey, because there's a lot of ways that we can take this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I'm really interested in now is, you know, especially for your audience, empowering people to make changes in their life to feel better. So, you know, what does that mean? Okay, well, I lived a standard life. I grew up near you in in Guelph, small town, and had this desire to, you know, be successful, like really make money, have people love me, like this, this idea of like, oh, I need to be an achiever to be good enough, you know, and so it drove me to get into finance. I always just thought about like career, making money, being successful. And it led me down like pretty dark path. So I also struggled with drinking and drugs. So where I grew up, you know, pretty common, normal high school partying, thought it was normal and university gets like a little bit more aggressive. Now I'm like 24 and like really into on the weekends, 20 drinks, you know, a bunch of cocaine would disappear. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a huge struggle, but not really in my mind that like, this is a problem. And so between that, like drug use and it's like trying so hard to achieve, like going to work, like very little happiness there. And uh, through that, I actually hit rock bottom. I had this crazy company that I built, grew it to hundred employees, raised a bunch of money. was like following my dream and the company ended up failing. And I had so much of my identity tied in. Um, that's so if you're working and that's you know for so many entrepreneurs out there their business is everything when that failed i you know all of a sudden was broke 
I had to move out of my apartment and sell my car and like move back in with my parents and I was struggling with drug use. So I just got in this state of like, I don't know, I'm unhappy. I don't know what to do in my life to like feel normal, to be successful. And there wasn't really many guides, you know, for people. And so if you think of as a listener for many people now, it's like, Hey, my life is fucking hard. I'm on my phone all the time, just like work emails, stressors. Like I'm just always feeling overwhelmed. And that's like the standard feeling. You wake up, you check your phone. Like we're not meant as humans to have that much stimulation, but it's like Slack messages, emails, you know, what are my kids doing? What about this? And so it's just social media is just always, always on. And so what I found for me, it like happened really, you know, early in my life and faster because of drug problem, but just found I needed to change and I didn't know how to do it. And so I went on this whole quest, you know, I moved away to Israel to get away from uh, drug use. I got into meditation, psychedelic medicines, and I got sober. And so uh, I've been sober now for six years uh, from alcohol and cocaine specifically. And on my path, found these like modalities that made it possible to feel better. And so what we found is, you know, I'm sure your audience, people, this is an athlete, you know, they know about like exercise, diet, probably sleep. A lot of people don't know, okay, I'm physically feeling good. How do I mentally feel good? And this idea of like, I have to go to a therapist, I'm sick. What are my emotions? Many people, like we don't get any training on that in life. And so we just feel overwhelmed, burnt out, kind of like, hey, my life is on autopilot, especially like a lot of my friends, you know, 30, 40 years old now. Uh, it's like, hey, something just doesn't feel right. And so I got obsessed with, with building these solutions that allow people to just feel better, which we can, we can get into. Yeah, I'd love for you to dive into that. And that's a really powerful story. And I feel like a lot of people are struggling with this, especially the last couple of years. There's been increased uh, stressors, right? You know, you've got all these different things from money to family to being successful in business. And you also talked about, you know, your initial desire, right? You know, like I'm going to be financially successful. I'm going to grow a business. That's who I am. And this is how I get love and I feel better and everything's okay. Um, then you do that to a degree and feel a certain way and then you lose it. And then it's also losing the identity. And when I I work with athletes, that's kind of, and even with entrepreneurs, I'll just say, if you can be whole, happy and harmonious with where you are in the journey now, that's the premium. It's not the end result, the successful business, the getting the championship, the landing, the trick, whatever you're trying to do. It's that process. And that we're going to have more joy um, through that process rather than just um, continually focusing on that goal, that material thing that we need to achieve. And then that brings us our self-worth because even when you get there, um, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, yeah, some of the tools and, and also your journey, because I feel like a lot of people feel stuck. You know what I mean? How do you, you know, how do you over, what are the first steps like overcoming addiction, getting unstuck, uh, beginning to find that path because you, you dealt with so much, including, you know, failing at a business, which is good because then you, you picked yourself back up and created now what is, what is seeming to be a thriving business that has a lot of potential for growth. Yeah, there's like 40 ways we can go and amazing, amazing uh, <laughs> questions in there. <laughs> so yeah, there's just so much I want to convey because for the entrepreneur, athletes, uh, you know, this this style of person, if people are resonating, there's just so much here. You know, one one that just came to mind, we'll, we'll get into addiction and like tips and tricks and what that part um, was like for me. But like failure is another one for entrepreneurs. And that's a really interesting one. So two, two points that came up to mind. One was like enough. And then one was failure. And so failure is one where failure itself is not sustainable. And so what I mean by that is like, okay, I had this business. We, you know, my parents had invested. So I had a whole bunch of friends, like so much fucking pressure and had like hundred employees. And I knew after two years, like, I don't think it's going to work. Gut wrenching fear every day. I'm going to lose my job. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to move out of Toronto. I'm going to like, like so much fear and worry about failure. What is this going to say about me? You know, what are my friends going to think? Oh, and what is it? What do I think about myself? You know? And then finally when the business failed, like it's over. And then within a number of weeks, yeah, it was tough. There was some trauma around it, but like hope starts to spring. Cause you go from fuck, this thing's never going to work to like, Oh, now I can do something new, you know? And it's, especially when you're younger, twenties, thirties, forties, like you have a lot of time ahead of you to try something new. And so when that failure happened, you realized like, oh, this isn't that big a deal. And I'm like resourceful and I can figure it out. And now I have some new hope. And so that was a really interesting piece. And then the other one is around enough where 
like the, the, the reality is you're just going to have new goals every time you achieve something. And this idea of like, it's the journey. And, and what I mean by that now is, you know, I had these dreams to get on Ben Greenfield's podcast. He's like my health hero. When I got sober, I started listening to a bunch of stuff from both him and him and Dave Asprey. And, you know, I met Ben, he's using my product every day. Now I'm going on his podcast and it's amazing. I'm super excited about it, but it also doesn't change who I am at all. And so, you know, we now have two stores open and we're looking at like five more and our goal is like, let's go to New York. I'm a small town kid from Guelph. I want to open this in New York, like biggest city in the, in North America, crush it, like on the biggest stage, compete there. And I'm driven to do it. Right. But when I open in New York, there's no change, like nothing. As you hit these goals, you're the same person and like new goals will come. So it's, it's this huge problem with like athletes. Like how many times do I have to win? You know, it's never enough. I, I read a story about, Howard Schultz from Starbucks and it's, you know, Starbucks, one of the biggest brands of all time worldwide. And it's like, Oh, I just didn't do enough, you know? And so I think it's very important to just remember like the fun along the way, because the more you get, it doesn't, there's, there's nothing there once you achieve it and you're the same person with the same desires as well. And yeah, you might feel a little bit better about yourself, but really it's all in like your, your day to day. And that's something I've learned going through like failure successes now is that none of them change your identity or personality. Um, so those two things came up while, while we were chatting as just kind of interesting learnings throughout the journey. And then addiction specifically, you know, I think there's a couple things. So one is you need to change your, Oh, my hair is it. <laughs> I just I said, yeah, those are wonderful. I was like, your, your glorious hair. So if you're just listening to this, you should see the uh, video version on YouTube just to see these glorious locks. But yeah, those that lion's mane's hitting the mic here and there. So it'll sound a little nicer if you pull, pull that thing back. Um, but yeah, man, that's, you know, I think that that's so paramount what you're saying. Like, how do you do that, right? Um, I've used this with athletes all the time because they want to get to that next level, right? It's this continuous process to get to the NHL championship, NBA. Um, I worked a lot in extreme sports, so that was a little bit different. Might go to the Olympics or um, X Games or something like that to be number one. But how can you be fulfilled in the process, right? It doesn't make or break you. And I gave the example of like LeBron James, let's say he's going to shoot a free throw to win the championship. And if he misses it, then he loses the championship, so to speak. Um, if he can be whole, happy and harmonious, if he can be full of self-love and self-worth and airball it and just be like, oh man, you know what I mean? I totally airballed that, but you know, I got my friends, I got my family. I'm so grateful that I get to be an NBA player. I'm so grateful that I get to pursue all of this stuff. And that's where your meaning and fulfillment comes from, from who you really are. Uh, just like you and your business. Now you're going to, you're going to treat a failure in a new way right? It's not going to crush your identity. You'll, you'll be probably sad because you're setting a goal and you didn't meet it right away. You'll have that kind of feeling, but it's not going to like, um, you know, make or break you, you know, that you're going to continue on from that experience. And that's incredibly powerful because a lot of people are looking for the next mark. And I give this analogy that if there's something outside of you that you need, like if you need to achieve something, you need a certain amount of money, you need a relationship, uh, you need anything out, you need to read a book, you need to do a course to be whole and happy, uh, happy now. It doesn't matter what that thing is. It will always change to something else. And that's that key is like, how do we do that now being incomplete in this process where we're always adding to and refining and growing as individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's and then, so it's okay. How do we get there tactically? And so for me, the difference, the first company didn't give a shit. It was in the telecom space about the customer, the problem we were solving. We're basically solving for cheap roaming when you traveled and like, I don't care. That's not a solution. You know, I just thought like, Hey, I can make some money. And so when things are going bad, it's like, fuck, the only reason I'm doing this, is not working, you know? And what I'm doing now, it's related to like something that saved me from addiction. I'm like watching people, couples go into an ice bath together, eye gazing, like connecting as, as partners, you know, seeing people who are struggling with anger coming into the sauna and doing like a scream as loud as they can in the dark to let go of anger. And, you know, there's like 25, 30 people in our community who are sober now. And because they use our space at night where they used to go to the bar and feeling into that, it's like, okay, whether this is successful or not, this feels good. And it's, it's the same, like, you know, probably for an athlete, you just fucking love like to get out there and skate and like taking the shot, you know, it's like, I just love the motion, the action. And so for me, like if I'm in the sauna and like scripting a class or like doing a breath work or even just like participating, like I fucking love it. And so like, that's what I do when I, when I feel I'm getting too in my head about maybe competition or are we performing well, or could we do better? It just, 
go into the space. Like last night I did a 60 person breath work in this crazy sound space with like a Dolby digital sound system, like rumbling our bones. And my, my wife is pregnant and the breath work was a inner child meditation where you bring up like your two-year-old self, your four-year-old self, you like see them, you look them in the eyes, you like give them love. Like you kind of reparent like this, this person that was maybe scared on their first day of school. And then, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm like bringing out my inner self, but I'm also feeling the baby, like the bump, you know, and just kind of sending the energy to the baby and just thinking about like, wow, like soon I'm going to have an actual child. And doing that is like, you know, you hear people in a lot of people would never do this, this work. It's like something you do in therapy, but we wrapped it in an amazing space with crazy music, which Mark is actually a facilitator on our app of this breath work now, um, which is who you mentioned introduced us. But so it's making like mental health and emotional practices, like cool and enjoyable to like bring you into the moment. So I was just there last night. There's 50, 60 people. Everyone's crying. Like, fuck yeah. Music's amazing. I'm holding my, my future baby. And it's just like that moment, like who cares about this business really, you know, like, and, and then that's how, when I get stressed and overwhelmed, so if you're an athlete, the, the parallel is like, go out and just do what you like best. Maybe it's shooting three pointers, like go and shoot a hundred of them with your favorite music in your ears and just understand why you love to do what you do versus the outcome. Uh, so it's funny you, you mentioned that because that's exactly what I find myself doing when I start to get overwhelmed. It's like, I just go to the space, be around people there, ask them about their experience and like, and feel it. That's amazing, man. And that's really powerful, you know, just bringing that space in where people can uh, be open to kind of new experiences that provide value. And when you experiment with so many different tools, you find out the ones that work. And so one of the common themes I see among people who really struggle with mental health uh, and in life in general, they don't have the ability to stop their inner dialogue, their inner critic. And what breath work does very well is it helps you do that because all you're doing is focusing on your breath. It's a very simple and very effective technique. And so you have that with Othership where you, I guess, built this app that goes along with it. And so when you were exploring your own recovery, why did you end up choosing this combination of ice bath and sauna um, and breath work? And maybe you can describe what you created within the app and within uh, your other ship experience where people could show up and do it and why you chose those modalities. Absolutely. So for me, I have ADHD. I love stimulation, which is why I love drug use. Like I'm just, you know, a extreme sports, skydiving, kite surfing. Like if I watch TV, I can binge for two days. If I eat fast food, I can just fucking have like 20 meals. Like I'm just like an extreme person that loves stimulation. And so it was really hard for me um, to like slow down. And I started with meditation and even for meditation, like you know, downloaded calm four times, downloaded headspace, tried, quit, tried, quit. It's like my mind is insane. And so finally I was struggling so much with the drug use. I went and did a 10 day meditation retreat, um, which sounds crazy, but it's like two years of headspace in one sitting. And so if you think of like a sport, you know, if you're an athlete, you don't go to the basketball court, pick up the ball and just start like shooting three pointers perfectly. You know, the first time you play, you probably dribble it off your foot. And it's like, I suck. Basketball sucks. I'm not going to play again. That's the same with meditation. You know, it's like, I did it this thing. I did it 30 times. Nothing's happening. My mind is insane. Even looking at these thoughts is like wild. Like, you know, I just don't want to do it. And so the 10 day retreat helps to like, you feel what meditation should feel like. And you start to notice it's all about awareness. And you start to feel like these emotions that are coming up, like, Oh, I need to be successful. I need to be lovable. Like, what do these people think about me? It's like, Whoa, shit. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling so insecure? So that was first. And then psychedelics medicines I learned about later. And those helped really go into old stored traumas and emotions. So, you know, simple example, grade one, first day of school, go to say hi to a kid. They say, Hey, you're fat or you're a loser. You know, kids are just fucking ruthless. And <laughs> you take that as like, Oh man, I'm a loser, you know? And, and there's like some rejection there and, and hurt that is really hard to process. And so that happens when you're um, young and that's kind of like stored in the body. There's like a lot of science around us storing trauma and, and whereas animals release it. Um, so that kind of happens to you and it's in the body. And so psychedelics really help you shut down the thinking mind, that inner critic that we just talked about and process those emotions and let go to start making behavioral change. Because a lot of times the reasons you might be addicted are because 
you know, it can be genetics, but are like, you have these emotional traumas that you haven't dealt with. Right. And so those two things really, really helped me at first, but then I couldn't get friends into them. Like it was just really hard. Like meditation is so hard, as you said, and psychedelics are illegal. So I spent like four years um, working in crypto and talking about this stuff all the time and couldn't really get my friends into it. And then just signed up kind of by luck. I, I started going to bathhouses. So I heard about them on, you know, Ben Greenfield and Rhonda Patrick, like sauna. It's like the best thing for longevity. And so my wife is really into fitness. She's a master's of science, nutritionist, dietitian. She's like, yo, I heard about these ice baths. Like, let's go find one. And so for our first date, second date, we went to a like seedy old bathhouse in Mississauga, like in the back of a strip mall. Like, well, this kind of feels like a massage parlor or something. Like, what is this place? But the date was incredible because you go in the ice bath, you're not on your phone. It boosts the neuropinephrine in the brain. It's a neurotransmitter responsible for mood, attention, vigilance. So you're like hyper aware that whole thought process, bam, stops. And so what I thought was going to be like a health practice turned out to be a mental health practice. And we actually have tons of athletes like James Harden was in a couple of weeks ago, multiple days, and they're, they're doing it to get into the zone, especially for people who like, I can't control my mind, right? The ice bath, bam, like you are fucking present. You're learning to master your breath in the face of stress. So you're getting to the free flow line, your heartbeat is going, you're like stressed. You can actually move out of that fight or flight through breathing. So we kind of, we do this, we do this bathhouse, have an amazing time, super present, amazing conversation, no social anxiety, no alcohol. And that became a part of our process. So every week we would go to a bathhouse. We lived in San Francisco together and Berlin together. And, you know, what we do for fun is bathhouses because I didn't want to be around alcohol. And then I learned about this like crazy wild man, Wim Hof, who is like running, you know, marathons with no shoes in the Arctic Circle and like climbing Everest in shorts. And like, well, what, what is this guy's deal? So I go and, you know, do his courses and some training and events. And I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. Like this ice bath is crazy. So we build an ice bath in our backyard and that just grows into a few hundred person community. And I start to see where meditation psychedelics weren't the best first step to feel better. The ice bath was like the intro and I'm seeing athletes and lawyers and all these people who like struggled to meditate, getting present and letting go, creating space. So that was really powerful. And that became uh, my you know, uh, in the winter time, you know, cold winters in Canada, we're like, fuck, okay, we can't, what are we going to do? So we changed my garage into small sauna, ice bath and tea room. And then all of a sudden, like 2000 people just through word of mouth start coming in, you know, neighbors, um, we're going around to all the gyms, like, Hey, we're having these ice baths come. We start doing classes around these two and just found that they were epic for getting people to feel into their body and create space. And so I sort of became obsessed with helping people create space as a first step from their thoughts and, and getting out of that, like thinking and critical mind. And so Othership was born. And then in the pandemic, uh, obviously we, you know, couldn't operate anymore, like aggressive lockdown. So we started just doing the breath work uh, for free via Zoom. And, you know, what was really unique about our breath work was it's kind of like meditation, but very accessible. Like, as you mentioned, you, you know, you breathe along and you're creating these nervous system state changes. And people were saying, oh, I'm stuck at home. I'm lonely. I'm isolated. I want to do something. And so we would, you know, take our favorite DJ sets and mix them. And it'd be like an hour dance party that you're breathing along to and creating a, a state shift, you know, in your, in your mind, getting rid of that um, inner voice and inner critic. And it just exploded 20 people, 50 people, hundred people, a thousand people. And then people were like, yo, I want to like, I want these recordings. So every week we would just make a new one, put it on YouTube. And then we made a course. And then that grew to like a thousand paying customers. And, you know, so we built an app because people were asking for an app. And now we have this amazing app that it's kind of like calmer headspace, but way more accessible using breath. And so we're teaching you to either push the gas pedal on the nervous system, like under 10 minutes, you know? You're tired in the morning. You want that coffee. You can create a fight or flight response through your breath. So, you know, you're getting ready to go exercise. You want to be in the zone for that big game. You're nervous for your sales presentation. Like it's time to ramp up, you know, build the hype in the body and the mind, turn on the fight or flight on alternatively, maybe you're anxious and it's before the game and you want to ramp down. You want to get into that rest and digest. Like I mentioned with the uh, free throw example, the free throw example. And so, you know, box breathing, maybe SEALs use this for focus, coherent breathing, four, seven, eight breathing. These things can help 
move into that rest and digest state, which is where we are when we're eating and laughing, relaxing, having sex, all these things. So through your breath in under 10 minutes, you can learn to ramp up or ramp down. And then what's really interesting, if you think of breath like a triangle as an athlete, so you can ramp up, ramp down, you can also explore. And what exploring does turns down the amount of oxygen flow into the brain. And as a result, that thinking mind starts to lose control. So that ideas of I'm not good enough. Oh, I've got to win this championship. I've got to make it here. I have to have this diet. All that stuff fades away and you can create space to process emotion, which we talked about before, which was similar to psychedelic medicine. So going through a breakup, struggling financially, uh, you know, lost your job, having a problem with your mom or your wife or partner, nervous about your kids, all of these emotions can be processed through breathing. So we kind of stumbled upon this triangle just through testing with our community and just kept making it like more and more fun, better and better production. And now we have this amazing app and like thousands of users, it's just all grown through word of mouth and it's just so fun. And then it's turned out like we're now doing them in physical spaces, like the one session I did last night. So it's been such a journey and so much fun. That's amazing, man. Well, you brought up so many amazing points and I just love how it was a natural progression. You know, you took responsibility for your situation in life and then, you know, you've, you sought out your own healing and then you decided to share that. And so this kind of success or this journey is very unique and authentic. So I think that that's amazing. And I like how you brought up, uh, you know, psychedelics as the second, you know, you know, create that space. Cause I feel like and I'd love to have your opinion on this because I think you work with a psychedelic foundation and, and I know a lot of people have got a lot of value. Um, and now as I'm getting older, I'm not so sure about um, just the use of them in general. Like I, I've used psychedelics and, and I've um, used ayahuasca and I, I had a phenomenal time and uh, it was very empowering for me. But when I used those things, I was so, in the mindset of seeking God, creation, enlightenment, um, improving myself, knowing myself, you know what I mean? I really was using it for that tool. And I've found like a lot of people can use them recreationally, not saying it's good or bad. Maybe it is good for them. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. Um, you know, and some people, uh, you know, want to maybe use it as a, as a tool, but then they don't have like a proper guide and they don't, and they don't have the support they need. So it could actually revert them. And so kind of, as I get it, maybe older, cause I'm becoming like old man, I'm getting into my late thirties here. Um, I, I just question it. And, and I see a lot of people who use them, right. Get a lot of benefit. I see constantly a lot of people who explore it in a meaningful way, who respect what it is, um, get benefits that they can't get anywhere else. For sure, uh, pharmaceuticals are not ideal most of the time because you end up getting addicted to those things, right? And then you're in the system that creates other symptoms and it's no solution. So you've got the self-solution that you've kind of created with the, the ice bath, which I agree with. I remember... Um, your comment, like you have to be present. And when I did my first experience of it going in, uh, you know, the ice in, in Nelson, British Columbia in the middle of the winter, it's like, it's a mind, body, spirit connection because you go in and your mind says, get the fuck out, <laughs> you know? And so your body is also telling you get out. Um, but you have to overcome that with kind of the spiritual, you know, your higher mind of like, yes, your your body and your initial thought is to get out. But this higher self is going to say, no, I'm going to stay in here. I'm in control of this. And you are very, very present. There's no way you are not present. I can tell you that. So if you you struggle with presence, get your butt in something freezing cold. And I promise you, you will be very present. And so I love that idea, like the natural way. And so that's kind of like a, you know, an overarching thing to kind of see the question of, you know, what's your view of psychedelics? How do we use them in a, in a meaningful way? So we get those benefits and what do you think the possibilities are? Because um, in my view, I have met more people that have, uh, that when they went to use a psychedelic um, as a medicine and respected it, they did have uh, very big uh, awakenings experiences that that was a catalyst for a shift where they can, um, you know, do what's necessary to improve their lives where it's not like a crutch. They don't need to, Oh, I got to go do a bit of mushrooms or I got to go back to ayahuasca to do this thing. Um, I remember the last uh, ayahuasca journey that I had is probably going to be my last one, at least for now anyway. Cause it's like, I really got the memo. It's like, you don't need to come back. You know what you need to do. Keep going, doing that, you know, what you know to do, follow your heart, um, do your best and all these other things. I kind of cleared out a lot of the, the trauma and limitations. Um, maybe there would be a ton of value to keep going back. 
Um, but again, that's a really long-winded way to, to kind of segue it to you and how do we use them responsibly and um, get benefit? And what have you seen in your own journey with other people for, you know, using them for healing, you know, cause I've heard of a lot of great stories. Yeah. So I've seen both They're like, it's a tool, right. And the thing to remember here is like, it's a tool. There's also many different types of psychedelics in many ways that can be taken, whether for therapy and healing or recreation. And so a couple things to note that, that I've seen just from personal experience, and this is different for everybody, but one is if you actually have nervous system dysregulation, so like legit full-blown PTSD, depression, psychedelics can be extremely helpful for repatterning the nervous system and your nervous system response. And there's just a ton of evidence on MDMA for PTSD, for example, which will be commercialized and legal likely next year as the most effective treatment for PTSD, like significantly better than any medication. But that's, again, if you are struggling with PTSD and the nervous system is dysregulated. So first point is, if you are actually struggling with mental illness, see a doctor. And if you've tried everything and this doesn't work, there's potentially value in both psilocybin and MDMA from early studies and a lot of scientific evidence. Now, most people aren't struggling with PTSD and, and depression. And so it's, you know, my standard friend, I'm overwhelmed. I'm looking at my phone. I want to make a change. And I've seen a number of people like, Hey, Robbie, you're sober now. Psychedelics, ayahuasca work for you. I'm going to go on retreat. Absolutely. Go on retreat intention. They go, you know, very hard, challenging experiences, right? It's not like you take ayahuasca and you're like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to go back. Like <laughs> it's often, it can be brutal, it can be extremely beautiful, but there's also pieces that are hard. Like you're going into these, you mentioned traumas and like releasing them. Right. And it can be difficult work to like surrender. So people are um, going on these retreats. They have a beautiful experience. Oftentimes they feel like love and they feel what it's like to shut down that part of the mind, that inner critic. And they come back, I'm a changed person, you know, and for three weeks, maybe they are. And then what I've seen though is 98% of the time, it's kind of, you know, for people who are listening, if you go on this transformational Tony Robbins event, or you go on a meditation retreat, or you start, you know, going to the gym for 30 days, and then you stop, you know, you're, you're in your same life, you still have your same thought patterns you developed when you were a child, same family, same job, same habits. And so those things pull you back. And so I definitely don't think it's like I did this thing once and I'm changed forever. So where I've seen them be very effective is as tools for behavioral change. And so we won't even talk about the spiritual aspect. That's neither here nor there. That's sort of a personal experience for each person. It can be extremely like this idea, like I, I faced all my thoughts about my identity, who I am, they, they sort of disappear. And there can be this moment of complete connection with others because you don't feel like you're an individual anymore. So you don't, I'm not. Robbie and 38 and grew up in Guelph and entrepreneur and have long hair and like, you know, like sports and all that stuff is like kind of goes away and you feel like you and I are actually the same as human beings. So you have this, these moments of oneness, which are like extremely beautiful. But then the question is, how does that apply to like changes you make in your life? And I think this is where there's a massive gap and why you might say, oh, well, you know, now that I'm getting older, I'm wondering if they're that valuable because people can just go back and back and back. And I have friends who do retreats every three months over and over. And then it's like, is the behavioral change actually happening? So I think the way to think about it is like, this is a tool and it totally depends on like your mental state and how much work you put in. And so for me, when the addiction helped, yeah, like my, you know, I saw a therapist, my intention was like, I don't want to do drugs again. Show me like, you know, the parts of my childhood that are leading to drug use and like why I want to use this. And I'm going to really go into that and like try to make behavioral change. And then when I came back, I paired that with, you know, sauna and ice bath instead of bars at night with a really healthy, like girlfriend at the time. And now wife with like a strong community and a breathwork practice daily. So I could get that stimulation instead of drugs. So in that case, I think it can really turbocharge behavior change for a period of time, but used on their own are unlikely to succeed to like change behavior in life. So that's kind of how I would say is if you have like real mental health issues, they're great tools to explore with doctor. If you're trying to use these for transformations, they can absolutely happen. They can have beautiful experiences within, but the goal is not the beautiful experience. Then the goal is like real behavioral change, which we'll just call transformation. And so then it's like, how do I make this as part of a holistic system? You know, um, and this is how I beat addiction was, you know, psychedelic work to go deep. But then around it, it was like healthy wife and girlfriend hanging out at night, not in bars around alcohol, 
having a daily practice to shift my nervous system state using breath work. And those three things kind of like accountability with the wife and community, something to do at night that was healthy. And then a daily practice to create space. That was enough for me to then make change. And how I use psychedelics now is eventually I feel like, you know, you said it, like you start to build up, you know, be six months, maybe a year. It's been a year since I've done like a really big hero dose and I'm doing some, my wife's pregnant and to call in fatherhood, I'm going down to Costa Rica in August and I'll do a, a few ayahuasca journeys to like transition from, you know, kind of selfish standard person into being a dad. And so I really want to reset my nervous system, which is pretty tweaked up on coffee right now um, and work to prepare for the baby and take a bit of time off. Um, so that's how I use it is I feel like, okay, I'm drinking now three coffees a day. I'm not eating lunch. I'm working super hard. My, my meditation practice has fallen off a bit. It's time for a break. And that break could come in many ways. Could come in like a nature retreat, you know, with a book could come in a 10 day Vipassana retreat. I recently lived in a cave for eight days last year in complete darkness, which is a little bit extreme, but matches my personality. And then, you know, psychedelics are another tool where you're creating almost a dopamine fast a break from stimulation and whatever you used to do, that could be sports, you know, it could be like intense journaling in a cabin. It's just creating some space from stimulation. I think that's good to do like once per year for a week, no matter what. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I love your, um, I agree with your um, view on the use of psychedelics. That's kind of where I'm at with it now, because it does provide, especially ayahuasca. And I've never done ibogaine, but I've heard a lot of um, powerful things about that. You know, you had an addiction to drugs, yet some people would say, oh, you know, these are drugs. It's like, no, like ayahuasca, I wouldn't can put in that same category. It's a different thing. It can be just as incredibly powerful catalyst for transformation. And then you have to show up for the work. So, you know, having that right intention, that right integrity to go use a tool that is that powerful, um, you know what I mean? And to treat it with that level of respect and integrity that it should be, you know, that respect it definitely deserves because they are very challenging um, experiences. And like, even if you've done it once or twice, you know that if you're going to do that, it's a very serious thing. It's not like going to a carnival and you're going to go to, you know, have this great party. It's like, Oh, I don't wonder what's going to happen. Like, I hope it's good. Um, or I hope it's, you know, but, but you also want it to be healing too. You know, whatever's going to come up is necessary. You're open to look, and then you're open to then take that feedback to apply it to your life. Right. And that's where I feel like you can really use them in powerful ways. And it probably gets a lot better results um, than these, you know, sometimes therapists, uh, you know, drugs, you know, pharmaceuticals usually uh, don't really do the trick. And most of the time they usually cause other issues. And so this is a way that I've seen a lot of people overcome addiction, drugs, alcoholism, um, past traumas, they can't get past in a very powerful way. So done in the right set and setting with the right people. I, I totally agree. Um, you know, and I, I, I love the idea of like that week for yourself. I used to take at least a month for myself um, in my 20s and, and even in 30s. And now that I've been a father, I haven't had that luxury yet. Um, so congratulations on becoming a father. It's a very uh, beautiful uh, and life-changing experience. And so I wish you all the best to you and your family on that one. And I think that if we can spend that time, whether it's a weekend, you know, or you, anyone should be able to get two, three or four days by themselves, whether it's a cabin, like you said, journaling, doing a, um, you know, a dark retreat, uh, going, you know, to that night uh, scenario that you have. And I like how your space is creating that opportunity. Right. So what do we have as an option in Canada? Mostly, right. We're going to go to the bar. We're going to have a couple of beers with our buddies and that's what we're going to do. But if you have this really exciting alternative, that's healthier, people will resonate with that because most of the time you just have to do nothing. You have to stay at home to stay away. Um, that's one of the reasons I moved out of Whistler because I was like, I'm never going to get anything done in this town because <laughs> I know myself, I'm going to keep going every day. There's an awesome thing to do. And a lot of it, there's awesome outdoor things to do, but there's also awesome parties to have and beer and all this stuff so i was like i'm never gonna you know do the traveling and all these other things i want to do if i stay here so um you know with your journey it's a very very powerful one and i feel like you're just at the beginning 
when you see the world and the state of things and how they're shifting and we've got one side where people are like pretty fearful of this, you know, agenda that seems to be rolling out and, you know, the technocracy and the digital IDs and all this stuff, it can be a little bit fearful. Plus with the communism going on in Canada and things like that, how do you see things on a grand scale in the, in the world? How are we going to affect the most positive change to ensure that the future for our kids and the future generations is a positive one? And we don't let these kind of powers that be that might not have the best interests uh, at mind for everybody, you know, kind of take over and just make it even worse than it's become in, in countries like Canada and other places. I don't have like a strong political view. I found I try to just stay away from it, to be honest. And like what I what I enjoy is like personal responsibility. And so, okay, look, you know, all this crazy stuff's happening, pandemic, whatever it is, you know, it's insane. And the world's getting more and more crazy because it's so easy for uh, information to flow now, whether positive or, or negative. And um, for me, it's just like, how do we teach people about personal responsibility? So here's a set of tools that are science-backed, that are fun, that you can do in community. And so a really interesting thing is like, no matter what's happening online with negative news is like, when you go and talk to your neighbor, it's usually a pretty good conversation. Like when you're actually there with people in group, it's like, okay, people are fucking normal and nice and kind as like their default state. And so providing these spaces where you can go and like, you're not drinking and you're just in a crew of people that are all like, we're all doing this anger release class or inner child class together. Like this is fucking awesome. And like one thing I, I thought would be really cool is if you can invite people to this stuff, here's a bunch of tools to empower them, to change their nervous system state, to feel better and make it inspiring. Like one thing to me, mental health was, you know, for me, especially as an addict was like, oh, you're sick. It's like, I'm going to the doctor. Like that doesn't feel cool. Whereas if I'm going to CrossFit class or Barry's camp or like a wicked gym weightlifting session, like I feel good about it. I'm like proud of it. You know, it's something I don't use social media, but something you maybe post to Instagram because it's cool. And so why, but like, no one's like went to the therapist today, fucking crushed it. <laughs> like, shared my vulnerability so i just wonder if <laughs> like we can empower people because because it, it is cool like the event we went to last night it was a classic therapy technique around your inner child so you brought up as i said like a two-year-old you a four-year-old you your first day of school you know a high school you and you did it together and people are sharing like yo this is cool and so it didn't feel like i'm sick i'm going to this doctor it felt like yeah i'm gonna go work on my mental health my mental wellness and it felt like that same way you feel about going to do fitness. And so I think it's going to empower people if we can, you know, make it known that like feeling good is acceptable. Like wanting to feel good and feel your emotions is actually cool. And so I think over the next decade, these like group community behavioral change transformation experiences are going to become really popular because that's what, that's what people want. You know, that's how we in ancient times, we would live in tribes and like these things were common everyone would come together and like eat and laugh and that, that stuff society is tough now exactly like you said these like techno like agendas and all this crazy stuff happening you know and so it's just like at the end of the day like find your local community and like be in that more so than in the virtual world of craziness yeah, absolutely. And I love the frame around it where you, you know, go to the gym and you've got like a fitness community or a martial arts community or a yoga community or something like that, you know if we can frame it so that there's the mental health community, like the mental well-being, the spiritual well-being, some people use church and that's been powerful for a long time for certain people. Uh, some people have a massive resistance to church. Um, again, as I've gotten older, um, now kids are in the picture. It kind of changes the frame a little bit about like that framework that they have of uh, certain ones, but I also have a beef with a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, some things in certain um sex of religion. So there is that, but the big thing is community. I remember David Lombear uh, telling me that, you know, one of my native native American teachers, he said, church is people, church is community. And that's the powerful thing. So if you can create that space where people have this, um, you know, kind of frame of what it's about, you know, what they're going to experience. Uh, it's a very powerful thing because it's going to motivate them to come back and make it a part of their daily life. And just like anything, like in fitness, you need to keep going to the gym. You need to basically make that a part of your life. If you're in shape, it's because you made fitness and physical well-being a part of your life. You're you're at the gym or you're doing something physically active, you know, three or more times a week. If you're out of shape, that's you don't have that practice. So the same can be said for your mental and spiritual well-being. If you have a place to go, something to do, something to practice, 
um, you're going to be, you know, mentally and spiritually probably a little bit more solid and grounded in your being. And especially if you can do that with community and that's where the power is. And I like your frame around the worldview because it is a bit crazy out there and it is disempowering. But when you are in you know, person to person scenario, it's a lot more empowering. You realize that um, even if you ha- are on this uh, opposite side of the fence, although some, t- you know, there might be in a circumstance where it does kind of break away and it is a little bit, um, um, you know, you don't, you're not able to mend the bridge. Most of the time you can, most of the time people are, are tolerant and good and will allow you to have a different view. But when you look at the social media, it's the worst of the worst, you know, it's the most polarizing of the polarizing and you're feeding that into your mind rather than getting into the present moment, getting into the breath. And, you know, I had a kind of a deepening of understanding the other day where I had the realization where I was doing the dishes and I was a little bit like overwhelmed or whatever. And I realized that all 99.9999% of life is process. It's being in the moment. It's not like get these dishes done. So then I can do something more important right? I got to do this thing that's not quote unquote important to get something more and more important, you know, to, but as like, this is what 99.99% of life is, is driving in the car, doing the dishes, talking on the phone, whatever that case is. And so the more, the more I can immerse myself in that and accept it and be present. Now I'm not in uh, an overwhelm or an anxiety feeling because I'm just in the present moment. I'm not putting my consciousness somewhere else. And I've heard this before many times from many different places, but is able to feel that and integrate that a little bit to kind of remind myself. And it sounds like your place Othership and what you offer is a very powerful way to do that consciously, where you could take that experience into your daily life. So you're essentially training it just like you train a squat, you do that for six months, and all of a sudden, you need to pick up something heavy with your legs, you know, that's now, you know, transferred into daily life It's like, well, you got some strong legs on you now, like, you know, you can do these other things in the world. And this will kind of change the way you feel and the way you think and the way you communicate with people. So I see it as a very valuable and beautiful space to be in. Absolutely. And we got to get you, your listeners, you know, if they live in Toronto, message me, let's get everybody up here to, to experience it, feel, feel what it, what it, what it's like, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And so, you know, this has been a, a wonderful show, man. I'd love to talk to you about anything. So is there any other topics or anything else that you think that we should explore before we um, close this down and invite the listeners to come see in person and get that one out in New York and like, you know, wherever else you're going to build them. Cause you see the, the, um, was the float spas, those are great, right? But again, it's, it's, it's a personal, you're not developing, you're not with community. And I feel there's such a value and energy to being in community. So that just the distinction of being in community, the float pods are good and they've done really well and, you know, in all these different spots, but the community aspect of what you're bringing, I think is a very important and critical piece. Yeah. The other thing about everything we do, it's like, okay, I'm busy, you know, you're busy, you have your, 10 health things you're doing, your recovery, your stretching, you have your meditation. Like my time for like my one-on-one self-care is fucking maxed out. But <laughs> every week I'm going to do something at night. I want to be around people. Maybe I go see a movie. Maybe I go to a sports game. Maybe I go to a bar, you know? And so if you can take that time that's like around people and make that healthier, that's like the number one hack because that's the time when you do the damage. You know, that's the time when you're out on Thursday, you have a bottle of wine, turns into a couple of whiskeys, feel like shit on Friday. You know, you're out on in a movie theater, you smash a pizza, then you get the pack of Sour Patch, you hit the popcorns, and then, you know, you're in bed late, you look at the screen all night, and you're tired. And so it's like, how do you make that time still fun, still as effective, but healthy? And that's the real, like, yeah, floats are, I love floating, but it's an individual activity, you know? And so it's, I think you mentioned church, it's just a bunch of people meeting up to, like, think good thoughts. So what's the difference between that and like coming together in a sauna with 50 friends and like thinking good thoughts, you know, it's the same, same concept of, I want to be around people. I want to be happy. I want to feel good. Um, but it's just using hot and cold as the, as the background. So that's, um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And wh- why don't you tell us like uh, a little bit about uh, the app, where they can find it and where they can connect with you if they want to dive a little bit of deeper into your research, into what you're posting, into any of the communities that you have online or in person. Awesome. And, and the goal with the app was, again, just like if you struggle to meditate in under 10 minutes, you can you know push the gas pedal for energy or you can push the brake to relax or you can go deeper in 30 minutes and like have a crazy emotional reset if you're struggling and the idea was to teach people your breath a free tool can like create these changes like your breath controls your nervous system your heart rate 
your blood flow, your emotional state, your immune system, all of that is linked, your digestion, all linked to breath. So it's just the easiest, quickest tool that you can use to change your state. And so I want to empower people to know, like, even if I can't come to space, I have this app I can use and there's a free trial on the app to check it out. We have a scholarship program, if, uh, affordability, if it's not accessible. So people can follow us, um, Othership app and Apple and Google stores, or I can follow me on Twitter at Robbie Bent one. And like my DMS are open if you had questions and then you can book, you know, if you live near Toronto, you can just book on the website, othership.us. Amazing, man. Well, thank you for uh, sharing this and your work and putting this all together. I, I love how it was just this natural way. So I feel like you have a very grounded approach and you're creating a very meaningful and effective experience for people to um, just improve their mental health and their spiritual well-being. So thanks for everything you do. I did get an opportunity to check out the app. So thank you for that. And I highly recommend people check it out because the way you've laid it out is like a compilation. I, whenever, you know, even when I wrote Zen Athlete or whenever I'm doing personal development, I, I categorize things into what do I do? What do I actually do? Okay. Yeah. Here's a story about it. And I like that story. I just need that story to convince me that this process I'm going to do is going to work. Then I just want to know what the process is. I'm done with all the stories. What do I do? So you've laid it out in a very simple way. Um, you know, letting people have very quick experiences, letting them know if it goes up or down. And so if you do have uh, struggling with meditation, you don't know how to quiet your mind. I highly recommend breath work. And I think what the app you put together is very brilliant and very effective. So uh, just thanks for coming on the show and everything you're doing, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me and looking forward to meeting in person. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. See you in the next one. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Robbie Bent. I hope that you enjoyed this show. Go check out his app and everything that he's doing. It is really amazing. If you did enjoy this, please share it where you can. Consider becoming a member and supporting the show at mattbelair.com where you can choose to you know, chip in a buck or two a month if you wish, um, but you can also get it for free if you just email me, matt at zenathlete.com. If you'd like to ask me any questions, give me any suggestions, or you want to work with me one-on-one -on -one and you want to know uh, what kind of coaching options there are for you or support there is for you uh, just hit me up matt at zenathlete.com we can work one-on-one -on -one. we could do uh, one session but i am very approachable and easy to get a hold of if you send me an email so thank you guys so much for being here i appreciate you and uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, faith, courage, contentment, power, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.